0: so like 30 rolls up this week and it feels like all of eg is like what's this an identity Uh, and they just like snatch onto him like and they draft him three games of renekton they draft him the quinn into renekton and they're like we're a top lane team now baby which is surprising to me because i feel like king has been so solid Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Salt Mine. This is season two, episode five, coming off of week number four of the NACL regular season. As we have rounded the mid-season mark, played our first week of the second round robin, and are now looking to get into the back half of the NACL split. My name is Gordo. I'm joined by Slayer and TDS once again this week. Welcome back, guys. As we're in the second round, Robin, of both the LCS and the NACL here. Uh, how are we feeling about the, the midpoint of the season so far?
1: I, after getting to this point, I, it's interesting because we passed the midseason, but I feel like we've had this week was kind of the refresher week for at least the champion pool-wise. The first thing that I really noticed was um, a lot of new champions popping out with some of the changes we've seen across the Rift. I, seems like, you know, champions like Jace, Tristana, Ziggs, you might have maybe heard Jace, maybe thrown out in a couple of games, depending on, like, the red side top matchup, or maybe mid side matchup previous weeks, but now is really dominating the mid lane, taking over with that lethality build. Tristana has been flexed mid and eighty carry in multiple games this week, and it's always fun to see uh which ad carry players marksman players can wield the control mages when it, it comes time for that in the meta and we saw certainly a lot of adcs uh flash how well they can play zigs this week to help their teams win so i'm just a fan of the the, the champion diversity we got this week yeah definitely yeah. at
0: marksman for sure too just because it's like it's been a felios uh a all season uh, i guess not Zeri on this patch but Felliozia <laughs> has really been all season long, so it's been it's been fun getting to see AD carries try to diversify. Like who who goes to uh, who goes to Ash, who goes to Kaisa, who goes to Jinx, who goes to Ezreal, uh, Ezreal and then who moves. goes to the Zigs. Uh, and it's it's been more and more Zigs this last week. So glad to see uh, some of what the boys are able to bring out there.
2: It's a good addition to the overall pool. Also, I find it funny the fact that. uh, because of how it's set up now with the schedule right the fact that nacl is always going to be with the same it's going to be equal to the rest but lcs is going to have the patch before the nacl so it feels like technically it should be the lower league that has the newer patch instead of the lcs that has the newer one for the starters so changing things seems like a, a bit funny looking at what can pop up and what cannot in terms of changing the meta although i will say i think nacl does. Get into newer champions quicker than LCS most of the time, and it's showing with some of the picks here and there, especially with the six spot lane appearing here, finally appearing in the LCS today as well. So, certainly giving a bit more show into that. I like the way that that a lot of the matches went, and the fact that even though it's the first or the first matchups we saw at the start of the split right the second round rowing completely different from what we saw in the first week like legitimately a complete throwaway from whatever we knew from that first week matchup to this one uh, a lot of surprises a lot of teams that were doing great not that great this week a lot of upset wins in ways that we didn't expect i still have no idea about egc but now i'm changing my 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 team from I don't know what they are doing from Taco to EGZ because legitimately they don't understand them. I fail. I don't have the mental power to understand them. I don't think I'm I'm that smart to get them. So I'll just leave them there. You don't if have TTS the answers or the genius.
1: Not. If you say if TDS is saying he's not smart enough, to, then I think we're all screwed. Yeah. Personally, I'm definitely screwed. I I'm not. I'm
0: that not gonna act like it. I have the answers on EG. So <laughs> that's that's super possible. Uh, that might be. Uh, beyond mortal minds for for us for sure but let's let's move on to player of the week a little bit let's let's frame the week in that lens uh and chat about who we think deserves it. i think there's a real clear standout here Um uh, but i'm gonna i'm gonna give you guys the chance to say it first and and see if i'm if i'm correct uh because i think if there's ever been a week where i would guess that we'd have a unanimous pick i would think it would be this one
1: I think I would I think I would first last I, I want to hear TDS go first right. but I also think we're all going to agree.
2: <laughs> I can go first. Yeah, usually I'm the one I'm one of the la- later the last to say the player so certainly sam I can start also i thought you were making a joke with player of the week and lens no no it's not lens lens but... <laughs> had a good yeah. week but it's not Lens. <laughs> no i thought it was going to be Lens. so i actually had two candidates but i'm going to go into like the more his one potentially because i did like his week a lot and to me it was the main reason they won the game against dlc so i'm going for kill from wildcard not sure if he if he was the overall that everyone was thinking, but yeah, I feel Kill played amazingly. Great showcase against Mir, which a lot of people have the consensus that he's the best jungler in the league. Well, Kill is making an argument to try and take that away from him, and I think he played amazingly well in the series against CLC and in the other series as well. I feel like he, if Wildcard loses, it's not by virtue of Kill being not there, but more so because they are looking for something to try and make the game go their way which is a good show for strength in a lot of ways. And Kill performs really, really well overall as a jungler, especially pulling off certain picks. I love the fact that he pretty much is the only one that plays the the Belbeth, essentially the only one that I've seen play Belbeth. And he plays it to such a success that allows for wildcard to have a, another depth to their pool in general.
0: Yeah, that... It was a super cool week for Wildcard, especially up against TLC. I think they they do run a couple of keel focused comps. Um, yep. I think the Sejuani mid uh, gets a lot of credit for that that TLC win. Uh, just the strat to go for Sedge mid plus carry jungle, and then you go for the Rumble top in both games. You go for the Kaisa bot in both games to like enable yep. the resets for your whatever your jungle of choices i wonder if that would keep working against team liquid because they they come into game two and they like ban the belveth and then it turns out wildcard is willing to play the exact same comp just with viego instead of belveth the other ad carry reset jungler that benefits off of having sejuani mid uh i think there's only two of those like i don't think they're gonna like bust out master Yi or something if if you ban uh if you ban the viego as well so I, I wonder how deep that pool really goes, but I, I love to see the strat, and that's now something you have to like super respect coming out of wildcard for the rest of the season. So love when they do that stuff.
1: I, I think Keel's a a fine a fine pick. Um he's I believe he is or at least coming into the week this week. I'm I'm sure he's still up there considering the week wildcard uh had. He was second among like gold at fifteen among junglers. I just I'm a really big fan of how proactive you can be early and the thing that I see a lot of teams struggle with I'm sure we might get into it with some of these games we watched this week is a lot of teams can sort of struggle I think we've had this conversation before of taking an early game focus comp you get the early leads but you have trouble you know the, the snowball melts halfway down the mountain you know what I mean like you run out of snow there's, there's no more avalanche because you get to the yeah. mid game and teams struggle especially against those you know, high tier teams like the TLCs, the fly Cs, you know, these teams that, are, that, that know how to like bog down and, you know, waver out a storm when they draft that well as way as well. A lot of teams struggle in the mid game to push those early game comps. I think Keel has done a really good job at being the sort of, you know, catalyst through for a lot of wild cards leads. They have early, you know, kind of like Gordo talked about it. And then he really brings them across into that that team fighting stage. He does such a good job there too. So I think he's been showing it all season. I think it's the best split of his career. I don't think we would oh, really yeah. argue that. And uh, I, I I can see the reasoning behind that pick, TDS. Yeah, no. I
0: also – I, I want to say I'm happy to see the broadcast start to, like, really identify him as, like, an MVP candidate Um, and also, like, start to call back to, you know, his history here because, you know, he was on CLG Academy for a bit as, as Frosty Nomad. Um, and I think he's like, since becoming keel, he's had like a, he's been a totally different player. I feel like, uh, that run on ginger turmeric was great. And now since he's joined wildcard, he's been great as well. So I, I think he's got a bright future in this league. I think he's still early enough in his career that he has, um, you know, realistic shots at LCS and he's really like, I think evolved, uh, over this split alone. And absolutely. I agree. This is the best split of his career so far.
2: Well, and based also on the fact that now Insanity has shown that there's players you can play in LCS that are any every bit of chance can come through now finally. So
0: man, I wish I could still have that 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 belief in my heart, dude. Because I was saying the same garbage about Jojo Pune and Danny, and you know you should be saying it about Jan right now too. And yeah, before that, it really should have been about like blabber and tactical and. Yeah, do no, just... We have to
2: believe we can never go back. Or never I know. Believe.
0: Surely, at some point, yeah, we'll right. hit like critical mass, so the, and this EG, this whole EG team, should really be doing it too, right? With Armeo and Ayla and uh Unforgiven, and but I, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Surely, this will be All the year. I say every year.
2: Players, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Right.
0: It's true. It is. All right, I, I guess I'll go second. I'm going to say that, yeah. l- let's see if I got the same one as Slayer. I, my player of the week is Shochi. Like, it's so hard, Shochi, dude. What yeah, a I mean, monstrous week for this guy. I just cannot say enough great things, right? He has, like, two monstrous Tristana games to start things off uh, and, and take down. Who do they play first? They play, uh, they play Taco... Um, they play, they talk, yeah, yeah, they 2 0 Taco the off the back of two massive Tristana games from Shochi. Then they 2 0 EG. He plays Yone and Zed uh, as the yeah, only guy true. playing that stuff in the league. Uh, and then his uh, his Azir game is really crucial in their win against Fly as well. He's a great Azir performance there to close out the week. The LeBlanc eh, it, team kind of got blown out of the water in 10 minutes. We, we give that one a break. And he got counterpicked by Spyrax, who played a really nice Kaisa, actually. But, mm-hmm. wow, what an insane week from Shochi, especially coming out, off of what, what I thought was his worst week in a long time. Like, he had that garbage Katarina game. Uh, up against Wildcard card, uh, <laughs> yeah. just last Dude, week. We need to
2: bring it up again. <laughs> I gotta bring
0: it up again, man. He like he was just because last week he was playing weird stuff and he was running it yeah. like on the Katarina. He played the Garen mid game last week. That was really bad yeah. too. Um, <laughs> but now this week, it's like he's still playing his stuff. He plays the Yone. He plays the Zed, uh, and and does really great on them. So he's not dissuaded on that kind of stuff. And he's he's just popping off. He's ha- he has such a great run this week. I I can't give it to anybody else.
1: Yeah, so we're just gonna continue this uh, story arc of Slayer looking like he's copying Gordo's notes because I also um, I really shocked. thought
0: TDS would be in here. Too. TDS, uh, yeah. first of all, for TDS to not pick a mid laner, <laughs> second weird. of all, true. to not pick Shochi <laughs> this week, I'm I'm shocked.
2: Yeah, yeah, That's true. So I just i I'm going to change it so I'm going to only pick APA mid lane from now on <laughs> instead, so that it gets clear like that, and then I pick every other player. But really, like, is a really good call. It's honestly... I didn't pick him particularly because of the teams that they went against. Not because he played bad, but I think that Taco and EGC really are not the best showcase. Like, once again, those are the two teams I struggle the most with understanding. So, I feel like... If this was a week for a great performance from someone like Shochi, it was this one. They had a, uh, obviously a good team to go against in Fly, and I think he performed amazingly in that series. The Yoni game was the one that I liked the most out of all that he played this week. And then the fact that he went against, uh, in my eyes, weaker competition also helped that. But certainly Shochi had a lot of value this week to provide, especially like Gordo was saying, kind of a redemption week. Because last week wasn't the best by any mean. He tried things that didn't work out at all, but even in things that he tried that didn't work out at all, like he was not performing to a decent enough level. So I think this was an important week to try and turn around that narrative, and he did an amazing job at that. So certainly, I feel like for what fear needed, certainly Shochi stepping up was one of the most clear, important things possible.
1: Yeah, Shochi, yeah, I think... I'm gonna save because, like, this is like a two-parter because I, I do want to have a general conversation about how I feel around teams like Fear and like AOE now, and I guess Fear is kind of looped in with Shochi, but I I'm just I was just such a fan of, the, of champion diversity working out. Um, I, it, these two weeks back to back certainly raised a lot of questions about how you feel as Fear, but Gordo put it pretty well. Y- you just have to give it to the guy that's breaking out champions that you couldn't have you couldn't have wagered money on being picked this week in the NACL he does that and he balls out against balls out against you know not the best competition sure but you know you beat who's in front of you right and Jochi pummeled who's in front of him this week every time across the mid lane yeah I I think it's also just a great way to highlight the champion diversity because it's it's kind of like a champion diversity week so why don't you pick one of the guys that picked uh played some of the most diverse champions across the week. I will give a special shout out, so I, I don't just repeat what we talked about with Shoji. I, I was a big fan of Dark Wings this week as well on AOE. A big fan of the uh, Ezreal mid game that he played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love when Ezreal mid gets broken out. So he played that on, in route to uh, the two zero sweep over EG Challengers. So that was really cool week from Dark Wings, and kind of just makes me scratch my head. I feel like we all have a team that we can't really figure out. I think mine is going to become AOE because they've just had a chaotic week. But special shout-out to Dark Wings, but Shochi, you're the prospect player of the week here.
0: Yeah. I, I will say on the Dark Wings subject, I do think he's coming out of this season like a little low-key underrated, right? Like, I think he is... I think Winnie got a lot of credit for them as a mid-jungle duo last split, and I think Will's getting a lot of credit this split. Um, But I, I do think that Dark Wings has been... Really, really good. Uh, mm. has a lot of lanes that he can perform really well in. Does well out of lane as well. And like the, he has just such a presence in pick ban as well that I think goes a little bit under discussed. Like he he's on the, he's been on this Tristana mid train for I think a bit longer than the than the crowd than the field. He's been playing the Tristana mid for for a considerable amount of time. I think he's got more games on it than pretty much anybody in the league um and he also he just pulled like and he's kind of had to do that because he pulls so many mid lane bands i think more mid lane bands are pulled against aoe than i think pretty much any other team in the league like he grows he has not gotten to play a game of nico nearly everybody has gotten to play their game of nico dark wings has not he has not gotten to play a game of leblanc nearly everybody has gotten to play a game of leblanc but no nobody is ever willing to let those through against aoe uh and he like his azir gets banned a ton of bunch as well like this guy draws so many bands in the mid lane more than I think anybody else really uh, on average and, and still is putting up some solid performances. So I I, I do think dark wings deserves some respect there as well.
1: I'm I'm going to next week I'll come back here and next week I'm going to track on average, how many bands, Aoe gets drawn towards mid just so i can pull that it would take no. i'm gonna be honest uh, to everybody listening at home i'm not gonna go back through every single game and pull statistics for every single mid lane band <laughs> for every week because that would be insanity uh not the player but i will do it for this next coming week because I, I actually think that's a really good point to make and i think looking at the game where he had to play Zir, uh, azir ezreal uh he had it looks like I'm sure he had Nico three, and LeBlanc. Yeah, three bands. Yeah. there was Nico LeBlanc and Tristana. So he had three bands thrown his way. Uh and yep. I'm just yeah, I am just
0: basing this point off of like if you go to like his G O L page, uh, if you go to AOE's G O L page, they list like what the most common band against champs are for each team. Like they have the top six overall. Uh, and Nico, LeBlanc, and Azir are all in there. So that's that's what I'm basing it off of.
1: Yeah. Um f- funny enough, Gordo, really quickly, they uh, E. G. Challenger's first Well, I guess they didn't first pick Azir because they're on red side, but they've they are one Azir in that game too. So like mm-hmm. they are one mid. Pretty much Detroit taken away. Denied. So they're basically they're banning Azir. Yeah.
0: yeah. If you're yeah. not willing to be one Azir, yeah. then we're basically then, then it gets taken away. And like Ryoma's a big Azir
2: guy too. So yeah. Interesting thing also, by the way, in that game, the fact that you're pulling Ezra post ship nerves instead of before. It's interesting to me. Like it's not like it's there. But certainly, I would have expected that when Shiv was much more broken than it is in this patch. So, it's it's an interesting pullout. And just touching a little bit on the Dark Wings topic as well. Dark Wings, I feel like, suffers from something that I also do apply on him. And it's the fact that he has really great jungle prospects by his side. Like, you mentioned it with Winnie, right? But I think Will as well takes a lot of the spotlight out of Dark Wings. Like, I value Will's... uh, a port or value on the team much much more than dark Wings. even though I think dark Wings is good and certainly like you mentioned underrated to a certain degree I put the spotlight much more on will and I feel like that's what happens to other people as well when thinking about AoE and that's why it takes a bit away from the value that dark Wings may potentially have in general compared to the rest of mid laners so it's kind of an interesting dynamic to have and I feel like you could call it bad luck to a certain degree because like it's dark wings always that gets in this but also to a certain degree good luck that you have this sort of jungle pairings that on paper are really good and can help you shine even more
0: yeah i do think like and it it's like kind of and maybe it's I don't know that he I necessarily classify him as like an enabling mid, you know, he does Because like, he is so good on these picks like the Tristana, and he does draw like a bunch of LeBlanc bands and stuff. Yeah, aggressive the ones. I do feel like by and large though, like he really does he really does enable his junglers to shine through as the flashy player a little bit more. Like he's a lot like like a Soligo uh or a Spyrax in that way. I feel like those are like other mids I kinda classify in that similar category.
2: At the very so least you know. he hasn't played Sejuani Mid yet, so
0: not yet, not Ooh. yet. Yeah, no, that's a solely go special. Also, the only guy playing multiple games of Lissandra this split Soligo, go the is the master of that that style. Um, maybe for better or for worse.
1: Speaking but, of Spyrax, uh, the only that's that will be the best bin laner that I think Dark Wings will face next week. Uh, not trying to jump too far ahead, but if we're talking about AOE, we're talking about Dark Wings doing well in general they're we're they're repeating the round Robin where their uh, team collapsed right before uh, due to internet issues. So true. The, this will be a real Ooh. test to see if this is actually a real good AOE squad. I mean, I think fly, they play fly C um, fly C Maryville and taco. So on paper, dark wings should be the better mid laner in my mind in at least four of the six games. I mean, and if you don't feel that well about Spyrax, you might even put him above Spyrax. Uh, should be a good week for dark wings going forward. Yeah, I'm going to be interested One to check that now. out. He does he does
0: have get- a feasting opportunity this week. I guess yeah, you can really you can really put that nomination to the test this week cuz I do think he's playing against some some lower tier mid laners cuz he's going to get to can't play wait. against get back um for real yeah. this time. Uh, and <laughs> then, uh he's going to get to play against um he's going to get to play his own at who is still pretty new to the league. So wait get, We get we get to, to do, do
2: the Shochi treatment next week with with um yeah he's gonna basically play
0: who shochi played this week (laughs) yeah true yeah all right well with that said let's talk about somebody who didn't do that well this week which is uh the five guys team liquid uh team liquid has their worst week i I look back i i was really excited to say that they have not had a week where they had less than three wins this year but that is not true they had two wins in like week four of last split so they they had a really rough week last split where they had to play against Cloud9 and then they got 2-0 by CLG as well. So, they've they've been here before. My narrative is destroyed before I can even get it started. Um, <laughs> but still it's a very rough week for them. They get one they go 1-1 against Merrillville, 1-1 against FlyQuest, and they get 2 0 by Wildcard on that uh that Sedgewani mid rumble top carry jungler Kaisabot comp that we talked about um at the top of the episode. So, how do we feel about this week for TL? I mean, clearly a tough run of competition right like maryville tough is a schedule. team that it, i really wanted to call them top half but with fears rise uh this week i think they're a hard sixth i don't think i can call them top five um unless you consider them above like disguised um but fly quest and Wildcard are for sure tough opponents as well um so you know not not the most shameful opponents to lose to but certainly a, a rough week for tl standards
2: you know yeah. what's the funny part with the week, just quickly? The thinking about how it started, right? With MU, it's Maryville against TLC. They tie against TLC. And it feels like, wow, Maryville tied against TLC. They were able to take a game up. Fast forward, TLC has their worst week. And then Maryville lost against EGC. So it turns out the, it was just uh, another excitement out of nowhere for Maryville in that first matchup.
1: Yeah, I, I really don't want to discredit that the, the job Marvel did. I know we're talking about TLC. Yeah, no, but Marvel. It. Yeah, it's hilarious, but they played solid. I mean, how much? How much? How much would you argue minute time they probably played against TL? They probably, if we're averaging a game out to like, I, I, I think game one went like thirty-two minutes, and game two after that was like maybe a bit shorter. So like, we could average like sixty minutes out, right? I, I think. 45 of those 60 minutes, uh, (laughs) Meriville was playing out of their mind, and then they slip up. Like I talked about, these teams that slip up moving into mid-game. meriville if they didn't slip up as bad as they did in that mid-game, and TLC also punished them that well, uh, who knows what (laughs) this entire series would have looked like, potentially. Uh, Mm. But yeah, TLC, I think, at least for the Maryville series, they they really just got punched in the mouth in game number two. Uh, It's kind of what... Uh, TDS did a really good job talking about is that what you can respect about Maryville is that they play their chaotic style uh, constantly and they won't really waver. And it worked on TLC in the Maryville series. I just feel like TLC might have been might have been due. I I think we we all believe that they're the most talented team, the, the one horse race kind of deal. But every team is due for a bad week. And I'm honestly willing to write off their week pretty hard because i didn't really see any major flaring issues that were showing splits prior or weeks prior that finally manifested here it didn't really feel like that so i'm really interested to see how week five looks for them because that will really tell if this is something we need to be worried about but i don't have any alarm bells sick uh, going off personally
0: yeah i, I actually cool. i felt the same way um that like it feels like the losses come down to like really specific individual plays that are like real close, you know, they're they're real marginal as to whether it's a win or a loss for TL. Uh and then the the two picks by wild card, you know, I'm I'm willing to give over to good drafting, right? Like, the fact that they come in with, I, I think, a strat that's really well-equipped to beat Team Liquid. And uh, Zamuto says as much in the post-match interview that he's like, yeah, we, we we play what we play based on who our opponents are and what we think their tendencies are. Um, and I think it's pretty clear, right, that, like, the Sejuani mid neutralize APA, invade on Mir, don't let him get started idea is, like, designed to beat Team Liquid. Yeah. Um, And I think that just works really well, and they weren't really prepared to face it in game one or adapt to it in game two. But I don't know that that would work again in the future, at least not exactly the same way. Um, I don't know. Spawn tweets and says that it's like a good wake up call, and they need to ensure they're playing the game right. I don't know if that's just like the most generic way to respond as a coach to going 0 2 ever, or if he thinks there's like something more specific there. Yeah. for them to focus on but it's like i at least i as an observer find it hard to like pinpoint like oh they're doing this wrong and that's
2: why they're losing now yeah, yeah. hold on in that regard i would like one thing that did glaringly stood out to me not not as a like horrible or a mistake right but the amount of well no not because it would be inverse but talking about specifically the wildcard game right. Sammuto pretty, ma- pretty much handled, uh, handled uh, Bradley up there in the top lane. I guess he got two games of Rumble, which technically should give him the push, but Bradley couldn't do anything meaningful in that game, in, in that series against Wildcard. He got completely controlled, lost 1v1s consistently against uh, against Sammuto, and then even when jungle attention was thrown there, it took them quite a bit to be able to take down Sammuto, and I think that that amount of pressure that Zemmuda was able to, colla- to collect up there in the top lane whilst taking attention from Mir from the rest of the map impacted a bit of the game plan from Team Liquid. Obviously, like I-, I agree with Spawn with what Spawn said in the sense that I think this is a good wake-up call, particularly for Bradley, Mir, and APA. I think for those three players particularly. Because I I felt like Kim, Down, and Arrow played really well the whole series. Yeah, like, I didn't find any meaningful thing in them, in their play that I could criticize. I think they were the most consistent and the ones that I give a pass in this particular series. But Mirror APA, and Zamudo particularly did get a bit exposed with the way that they got played. Like, the first game, killed dominated Mir as well. The invade thing was really genius, but it's off of the fact that they got completely controlling in lanes. Like, APA and... and and Bradley got pushed or neutralized in the lanes. They couldn't follow up on the invade. And then Kill gets a free invade. Gets the topside. Or I think it was Red Buff Crocs from Mir. And Mir is immediately out of the game. Because now you're behind the 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 Belbeth. Your top lane is losing. Your mid lane cannot push his lead. Because even though Six is a pushing junk uh, pushing mid laner, if he gets engaged by Sejoni, he's dead. And, that, and that's a reality, so he cannot be as aggressive as possible or try and push a bit more to provide for the jungler. And then you have a bot lane that even though they don't commit many mistakes, they are not going to be the main pushing force when looking for advantages. And I think that that's the smartest part out of how wildcard play the game, is that they essentially neutralize the two opened or the two main lanes mirror plays with, and they essentially neutralized mirror through that. Not only through the jungler, but through just the lanes as well, not getting any part. So if there's a wake-up call that TL needed so that they stop doing this sort of plays, it's going to be great. Because I do think that it's not only Wildcard either. Like Wildcard was the best example. But MU also did a great job at making it so that it didn't feel like Bradley and APA had a lot of value. Like I, I was going to comment on what Slayer said because to me, MU did to T or TL did to MU the same thing that EGC did to MU. Mm-hmm. That they were controlling the game, and then out of nowhere, for no reason at all, EGC did win the game. I Did win the game, uh, won the games against MU, where they should not have won those games at all. Yeah. And then in the games where MU was winning, TLC did win, but I think more so because of mistakes from MU than for huge values of, of TLC.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do also want to say, right... Um... That like I I this has been happening to Bradley all season, man. Like I don't think it's even like a really unique Zamuto case study. Like I, honestly, I think like he dies too much in the side lanes all the time. That's yeah. been Zamuto all season as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I love the I love the player, but he dies too much in side lanes. Even in these wins over TL, he dies too much in side lanes. <laughs> um. But, uh, it is uh, more obvious. They yeah. And I mean, like, one, so, yeah. sometimes they cross map for it. Sometimes they don't. Uh, mm-hmm. sometimes they can't. And, you know, the times that he can't probably mean those are bad deaths. And Zabuto should try his best to stop doing them if he wants to, like, be the best top laner in this league. But, like, it, it feels like you could do this to him a lot. And, like, it kind of happens. Um, like,. It kind of happens in the Maryville series a little bit, if I'm recalling correctly. It kind of happens in both Maryville series a little bit because they dropped games to Maryville twice, right? Um, Uh, I think think they they did. I think they dropped a game to Maryville the first time around too.
2: No, I think they won the first one to a...
0: Okay, well, maybe it was just a rough game for Bradley yeah. that they still ended up winning. Because I'm about, and either way, it's yeah. happened with other teams before as well. Like Bradley's had
2: some I rough mean, lanes this season. Bradley, you could say dies to almost has died to almost every top laner in the. Yeah, and
0: it's like I don't know. Yeah. I think like he he avoids a lot of criticism because he's got the he's got the two chains. You know, he's he's a big. Uh, he's got the two championships, and I think he looked fantastic last year, but like with with gangplank out of the meta and like it feels like he's kind of leaning on the cannon as a crutch right now like i yeah. and with all the new talented top laners in the league like i'm i've been pretty disappointed with this season out of bradley
1: that's the point i was about to make is that you know play devil's advocate here for a second for bradley is this might be the best I, I seriously once again short sample size this is the best top lane class we've Fair. seen from a while from north america is a is a you know region in general yeah and we spent some time last week hyping up a lot of these top laners so yep. you know maybe bradley's pedestal is just more people have climbed up to it and it's now on bradley to, to which he hasn't done i would agree to show that he's like the top dog i think he's kind of struggled to do that i think the Kenan is a great thing to point out i guess if we're going back or sort of back on the point of what this week could have showed about tl that i'm curious to see what teams might capitalize on is early on everybody obviously apa was the focus and like a bunch of teams try to just jump on apa and that's why he broke out like the nautilus mid and people try to like burn him down solo kill him all the time but trying to burn him down on these like utility champions like a tf trying to chase a tf trying to burn a nautilus you're just leaving openings that Mir took advantage of time and time again and now like you talked about with wildcard they're now putting more pressure on Mir than i feel like they did on apa you know, that Sejuani mid isn't necessarily like putting pressure on APA. It's more like saying, you can't do anything. You know? It's not like where I'm gonna get up in your face. It's just like if you get in my face, there's nothing you're gonna do. It's gonna be hard for you to get an advantage. Because we're pushing all that pressure to Mir. And Mir looks shaky with that pressure. Bradley can't really be relied on to get early leads. He's been struggling in the top lane matchups. So it kind of swings a lot of pressure over to the bot side. And most weeks, I also think I also think uh, Arrow and Kim down they didn't they really mess it. up that much yeah, yeah. but kim uh, you know especially arrow was succeeding so much because early to mid game all he had to do was farm man he was playing a felios he went he farmed crazy and hit three item power spikes without any problems now then Mir and apa can't couldn't really carry him through to that point those item power spikes aren't really hitting when he's sending these you know these big moonlight vigils and all this stuff on a felios the damage isn't there like it should be and they came up short in some of those fights. Because they, like we talked about, had close games with close fights. So, maybe the recipe and something we should keep an eye on, everybody watching the NACL should keep an eye on, is is the answer for to win games over TLC to pressure Mir the most? We'll, we'll have to kind of see. I
2: also like, want to see how much do they keep on putting like giving APA the champions where he cannot push and leave. Or the champions where he cannot make the best reaction possible because one thing that i love about apa is him being able to play the Cassiopeia, ps the six the Aurelian soul but we know how incompetitive these champions can get exploited because one thing that almost every jungler almost always uh i don't want to say cry because it, feel, it, it sounds bad but like they tear down other players about is the fact that when you're in the 2v2, you have to move with your jungler or move for your jungler to try and provide for them. Cassiopeia and, 6 and Aurelion Sol, particularly in the current meta, are the best at doing those things. Well, and I feel like one of the best examples of that not mattering is the fly, the first Fly game where they essentially just dumpstered Fly C and pretty much destroyed them as... Uh, as... I, I don't have enough words to describe it, but they destroyed them. So And they, it didn't really matter. But in games where in the second game, where they were even uh, until a certain point, Aurelion Sol is a champion that pushes waves, but really cannot leave as aggressively, and if you out-push him, his value diminishes way too much because he cannot proactively move that heavily. It's not like an Annie where even if you out-push her, if there is a chance for a fight, she out-duels you because of the stun value and the t damage. Plus, maybe the jungler is there. Same with the Yari, same with Azir. These champions are able to, if not outpush you, out-skirmish you in certain situations. Cassiopeia PS6 and Aurelion cannot do this. So if TLC keeps on playing with this idea in mind, how much does that impact Mir? And that's kind of the main thing to to worry about. Like Slayer was saying, it's not really about killing APA as much as taking him out of the question to be able to impact Mir. That's the point where I want to see if teams focus even more, because this week it happened and it worked to a certain degree.
0: Definitely agree with that. Well, let's let's move on to uh, a team that did a little bit better. We talked a little bit about fear already, but I want to move back to, to fear more broadly just because they have a fantastic five-in-one week. It's not all shochi all the time. Sure. Um, I think they turn around quite well. Uh, what has been a shaky season for them so far, I kind of started attention to it earlier, right? I was kind of ready to say Maryville was top five, but I think now I, I can't say that anymore, right? Fear has, <laughs> fear has way too good of a week um for me to be willing to put anybody over them like that um so i don't know curious curious on takes here i think it's there's a big shift i feel like for bot lane especially like they as well like they take they take minui to some interesting places i think he gets to play the zigs more than he's gotten to play it with that kind of coming into the meta a little bit more explicitly um and you know still uh just showing a lot, of, uh, I think showing a lot of different looks so far this week. I think Phillip comes alive a bit. I think Ferry looks a lot more like he used to. Uh, what what are we attributing a lot of the turnaround to beyond just Shochi popping off?
1: You know, that's an interesting question, Gordo, because I, I was sitting here willing, about to start a conversation up of uh, if Shochi if isn't playing well, does fear even have a shot <laughs> against anybody <laughs> in the league? So I don't, so I mean, I really think a lot of the focus should be around Shochi and I'm interested to see how teams respond to it. I mean, if you take like, just to pull like a game, you know, obviously they're playing EG Challengers. I'm sure we'll talk about how we feel about that team. I know we already talked about (laughs) off, off recording how we feel about EGC potentially the rest of the year, but that game one, like it's, there's like a 3000 gold lead at 15 minutes. And it's because Shochi is three Oh, and two on that Yone. Like he, and he is, Very far ahead of Ryoma, and he's, like, quite literally the reason that they have such a big lead. They should have had a lead by that point in the game, but he's the reason they had such a big lead. And I just – I worry that when fear – what does fear look like trying to make plays that aren't spearheaded by Shoji across the map? Obviously, we just spent a lot of time talking about how you want to have APA – if we put him on champions that can't really roam and help jungle what does it look like what does it look like if perry doesn't get shochi playing yone who loves to just shove and roam or you know tristana who loves to shove and roam if you can bottleneck him onto those mages that can't really move i'm really scared of what fear is going to look like i'm really at this point looking to see who can step up consistently alongside shochi and i say consistently alongside shochi if we're talking last week we were talking about shochi just running it so you can't <laughs> even really rely on shochi every week Yet yeah, we haven't even seen so there's a lot of question marks for fear and i feel like that's the point we're going to get get to but i really want to see someone like you know perry would certainly be nice but philip really should be picking up more of the slack mm, yeah. in my mind in these games where Shochi's struggling i mean He's the he's the veteran guy we brought in. Like, I, I sat here on the primary and went, he's the veteran guy they brought in on a team that maybe exceeded expectations a bit in the last split as the youthful group. And they're putting Phillip on, like, Renekton, too, in some of these games. So he it's not like he's just playing, you know, the old Orn duty or Cho'gath duty or something like that. He's playing Renekton that is supposed to go into the middle of a team, take all the attention, gore drinker, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he isn't necessarily doing that well every week either so i really feel like right now it shows your bust and until i see otherwise that's kind of my stance on fear
2: to add on top of your point i feel like fear is a prisoner of their own way in that sense because they depend on their they the way that they played really heavily in the previous split and their biggest success comes through their soul laners being really, really good, their bot lane being consistent, and Perry could be a carry, could be a facilitator, but he was always there. The issue that this team faces right now compared to the previous fear, is that everything else is the same except top lane. Like, Faisal was a carry top. He played to carry the team, to get resources, and you can carry through him. Because he can also provide that one to punch that Shochi and him gave so well. Now that Philip is not doing that duty, and and I agree with later, he is the one that has to take the duty because we don't expect that off of Minui. Uh, like we didn't before. Why should we now? If unless he showed something new, that shouldn't ha- that really shouldn't have been the expectation. Not saying that he cannot do it, but it really hasn't been shown, and I think that he is really good at doing. Uh, succeeding in his role for this team the issue is that it's philip the one that needs to do it and i think that he's not executing on that and that's the biggest issue that i find with fear that even if they have a week like this from shochi you can still be able to control him enough that it doesn't matter and then you still depend on someone else and that's where i think they they are going to fall short to the top to the better teams still think maybe Fear can pull it off But as of now, I think the best they can do is... It's a good old peace fight with Maryville to see who's better. Yeah,
0: I I do think on the Minui point, I would like to see them kind of lean more into this identity of like Minui being like this kind of supportive carry. Um, like I think against Team Fish Taco, they show a lot of that as well. Like they, the Ziggs is kind of getting constantly banned against them now, um, so they can't play quite as much as like they played it last week. Um, but like against yeah. Team Fish Taco, they bring out the Ash and they bring out a Karthus game from Manui as well. Um, and you know he already has that identity right as he gets he draws a Seraphine ban every single game. So I think leaning into that a little bit more and being willing to play more of that kind of mage bot lane stuff that. Folks have just refused to adopt, might be a little bit of an angle in there. But I, I do agree. I think Philip, you know, even in one of their wins over Taco, Philip goes like one and eight on the Gragas. He has like a real rough Gragas game this week as well. And it just, it's all Shochi. It's all 17 kills, Shochi, Tristana popping off. So maybe there is a, maybe it is really a do or die by Shochi kind of matchup here.
1: Let's, I, I, uh, I just feel like really oh, cool. quickly, it's, 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 it's going to show this next week because uh, you're, you're pulling, you're pulling four games against DSG and TLC fear. So yeah. if you want to show it's not Shochi, you're going to do, do it th- now. I do want to see
0: him. T- I want to see how he does against young actually. Cause I remember, I, I think I even, I might've even said as much last week. Like I was so impressed by young for doing so well against Shochi in their matchup at the back half at the, the end of the first round, Robin, um, right. So, like, you know, Shoji comes out against Young. Young does great against him, kind of crushes him for two games in a row. I'm like, let's go, Young. There's Young doing real well up against another top mid laner in the league. And then the next game, the very next game, Shoji locks in Katarina up again. I'm like, oh, no, Shoji, (laughs) what are you doing, man? And and now I have to, like, I have to asterisk Young's performance with that. So I want to see what happens when they meet again with Shoji maybe being a little more on form.
1: Final game of the the week next week actually, or series of the week.
0: Oh really? I I know yep. what I know who they're playing. Okay. I don't know when they're playing, so that's yeah, a surprise that to well, me each actually, and every day. Yeah,
1: just last series of the week. Going to be a fun one.
0: Oh, you know, good. That'll be on Monday then. That'll be mm-hmm. the hardest to watch. So we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, mm-hmm. we're yeah we're we're creeping along here. Let's talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about Serdy, um, just because it's his first week back. Man, he's a new player to the NACL um for this split was in the nacl last split uh they have a rough week they go 0-2 to aoe they go 0-2 to fear and then they 2-0 Maryville. i know you already said you can't explain them tds but let's explain at least 30 a little bit and talk about how how he's looked on egc so far
2: so for starters uh i already mentioned this with with the MU game i i they should have lost. It really should have been an 0-6 week. <laughs> Being honest, like as the biggest Maryville hater slash no non-supporter slash, I thought they were going to go 10th. Maryville was should have won that game really easily. Those two games, maybe not too, really easily, but they were controlling them really effectively. I don't know how they lost, but it happened. Now going into the performance itself, I think Sturdy actually did well. Like I. Uh, the game, particularly Renekton against uh, the Olaf, I think he played well enough. Some fights may be going a bit hairy wire, but it's a Renekton against Olaf. Like, that is a matchup that is really weird in and of itself, because you're winning until you're not, and then you can win again if you played well enough, but then you're losing it. So it's a weird matchup in and of itself. Yeah, it's weird to explain, but it's <laughs> Olaf Renekton, it's the best I can say about that. And I think he did a good job at getting some solo kills and also trying to provide value for the team. Because I also think that it, when it came to team fighting, the way that he draw attention in some of those fights was really well done, and then also being able to provide value to the team in, uh, when they were close together. The rest of the team, I think, performed better as well compared to what we saw before with Seoul, and I hope that this, is not, this does not sound as an attack towards Seoul, but it really felt a bit more cohesive to a certain degree in, in the general way that they were going. Also, Shaden felt more connected as well in that last series. The other games, eh. but in that last series, he was more connected. So I feel like that's the positives that you can take away. And then the negatives is that they are way too. I don't even think of them as being way too chaotic. They are just way too dumb in certain situations. Like they they can be doing so good in one particular area. And then out of nowhere, it's like something hits them in the head and they stop thinking about what to do next. Yeah. And I hope they don't stop doing that because they were having good moments, but the good moments, I feel like, get a bit uh, oblique. I think it's the word, like, opaque. I'm not sure. Obfuscated? Yeah, something blocked, something that blocks them. Like, they they just get blocked by the bad plays. Like, in the first game, the first Baron that 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 fear that sorry that Maribel got in the first game, that should have been game over. And it's such a weird sequence of events by them to be giving that Baron up. So I just feel like they correct some of those plays because it's fine to be to be crazy to go haywire. Like I think that's Meribel's main strength, and their cult success is being crazy but doing crazy in the, in a good approach. And I think EGC is the other way around. It's crazy and a bad approach. So I hope that they imitate a bit more of Maribel in that sense.
0: Yeah. I do think it's super weird that, like... So, like, Surdy rolls up this week, and it feels like all of EG is like, what's this, an identity? Uh, And they just, like, snatch onto him. Like, and they draft him three games of Renekton. They draft him the Quinn into Renekton. And they're like, we're a top lane team now, baby. Which... It's surprising to me because I Respect. feel like King has been so solid, and I think Smoothie has been fine as well. Um, but I guess that's just kind of what you get when you get Surdy, maybe. Uh, I mean, especially after that split on TL first. Maybe that's the only way Surdy can play anymore. Um, but yeah, it definitely feels strange. Uh, I, and I will say, with Soul gone, because I was very critical of Soul throughout the first couple of weeks, I am going to seamlessly transition to hating on Ryoma. He has been... <laughs> awful like what a bad week from ryoma man like I'm, I'm gonna be honest i i have very few excuses left for this guy um after this week it, it was not good like I, he just he loses a lot of lanes really fast uh this week he gets like he gets gapped by dark wings tristana and uh, you know, and I know we praised Dark Wings earlier, but still, it's like... He, like, solo throws, uh, the second game against AoE on Azir. He, like, just goes in for a flank that's nowhere near the rest of his team and gets picked and dies, and then the game's over. It's a rough, a rough performance from Riyama. All split long, really, um, but this week in particular.
1: Yeah, you know, not to chan- not to, like continue this tangent segue but shouldn't you know we obviously uh were, were critical of soul because obviously how quickly he rose to the, the point he was at if we're talking about how far a player has gotten and how short of a leash they should get here because of it ryoma honestly should have had a shorter leash yeah I, i'm not he was he was the starting Midlander for 100 Thieves at one point, right, in the LCS? At multiple I... points. Multiple <laughs> points. Yeah, he yeah, came up say. and
2: down for multiple times in his career. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah. I, 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 You know, the worst part about it, Gordo, is, too, is, like, he goes for these flank plays. He, he does it a lot on his ear because he's, I guess he's addicted to Shurima shuffles. Yeah. Which is fair. But, like, he's it's just, like, weird positioning to me. Agreed, like, he play, yeah. He played a Syndra game, and he's just, like, I'm just sitting there like, that is not where you sit in a team fight on Syndra. Like, uh, do you think you're probably.
0: And it's like, like Syndra's like a crutch champion for him, too. It's not like he's like forced onto it and uncomfortable. Like, he's locking Syndra more than anyone else in the league. That's like his pick. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And, And especially, I agree. He deserves a shorter leash, and especially because he's been so dominant at this level before um yeah. that it's that yeah a kind of regression uh is is very disappointing to me and I mean like and I think regression is almost like the name of the game there right like that I think that's part of why we were so critical of Soul as well is because I think he showed such a high ceiling and we wanted the opposite um but yeah I mean I think Ryoma's in that same camp like I think I, I'm really I'm real disappointed with what we've uh seen from him this split
1: To to go back to the sir. Oh. I, I want to. Sorry, I want to quickly oh, say it, something it, about because I know we came off the, the 30 point. I do want for 30 I, th- I feel like this week was same growing same team. Pains. All counts. Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like this week was growing pains with identity because you guys mentioned right, like he played three Renekton games where it's like, all right, we're drafting a Renekton so that he could be a big team fight player. Didn't necessarily work out. Obviously, not not too often. It worked out some of those games, uh, like games against Maryville, but. Then other times, like, we, you know, like, midweek, they're playing Fear, and you're drafting him. Qu- that's the Quinn in the... Those are the Quinn and the Kennen games. So, mm-hmm. it's like, all right... Sorry, that's the Quinn... That's the Quinn and the Jax games. Sorry. Other purple guys. Yeah. Other purple guy, uh, with very limited <laughs> lore. Um, so, those are... That's like, you saying, all right, this week, we're going to put you on an island, and you're going to do your own thing, and we're going to 4v4, and eg challengers just blew they were terrible in the 4v4 like they did not do anything well i mean certainly comes out of the quinn game four three and four four six three and four he, he had a goddamn bounty when the nexus went off like that's that's how bad the game went he was playing quinn pretty well and we hold philip pretty high he had two like good games against philip i would say good at least like i maybe the jacks was like they went even but, like, the goal of Jax is to go even so you can farm up and be fed later game and play split side. And he, he even then in that game had a decent score line, didn't really participate that much. So I'm just in there like, all right, he succeeds in the side laning, but you both lose because you don't know how to play the 4v4 well you challengers.
0: Yeah, well, Sturdy's used just... to that at least.
1: Yeah. And, and true. that's partly back to, like, the Ryoma point where it's like he can't carry very well in the 4v4. But then... They all then they put him in like all right we're gonna put you in Renekton you need to be the star of the team fights, and they look a little bit better but it's still not great so I don't know what to make I, I think Serti had a fine start, hmm. be, low bar but better than the bar.
2: I think at least at the very least comes in as not the worst top laner in the league so certainly doing a, uh good job at that and then it's figuring out what EGC what to make out of AGC. like uh I don't think this should be a ragtag of players that don't understand what they need to do in certain situations or how they need to play in certain situations. I'm fine if one of them takes the supportive role or if two of them think that they should take the supportive role to provide for Cerdy and Shaden because I also think Shaden needs to be much more of the focal point than the other players. Not because I think that he's better, but because I think that he's less of a liability like that. I, like, I think Shaden should be played around for babysitting purposes, much more so than for, like, anything else, uh, that a prowess that shines through him. And I think he's a great player, but it, it feels like if you leave him by himself, most of the times, something is going to explode, and it's not going to be the other team. It's going to be your own team. So... Potentially trying to to play around him as much as possible is going to give you a bit more help in that regard. And that's why I also wanted to mention in regards to the King and and smoothie like conversation because I think King deserves to be the focal point, but I don't think that he that he has to be the focal point. He cannot be the focal point in this particular team because the other members I don't think can function well enough to allow for king to be the focal point whereas i think that he is a good enough player and he has shown that he's good enough to be the supportive cast and still do a really good job at his role in that regard i feel like it goes to show why that i think king is a way better player and he's really good for the team but the king the he cannot be allowed to play carry because the rest of the team will not do that for him and then smoothie I think has a, a bit of up and downs in games, like I love the powered game, but then engaged champions from him have felt a bit weird coming into this week, like he played a couple of engaged, uh, engaged games, I think he played one rail that really disappointed me really, really heavily, but then there's some games that his engages do provide value for the team, so... If he can be a bit more consistent in how he wants to approach and if he wants to play more enchanter or range support i think that he can go for it because even if they don't have a lot of support on their side they can still try and push and win lanes and then provide for shading like i was talking about before but the bubbling is the thing that i think that they should touch less and be more supportive for the rest of the team if they at least in my eyes if they want to succeed because it feels like the ones that the one that needs the less babysitting
0: that's fair well so transitioning off of evil geniuses I did want to wrap things up by talking a little bit about like relegation monitoring um, as you know we got two more weeks to go uh, we're, we're two-thirds of the way through the split now um, yep. time to kind of peek in and see who we think our bottom two teams participating in the the promotion tournament are going to be um like Maryville is 11 and 13 and sixth I mean there's a lot of games left to play. So it's hard to call anybody safe, and mathematically, I don't think anybody is. I think even in theory, with some wacky results, Liquid could even fall to ninth, tenth, if like the ba- the back twelve games go completely lopsided. Um, so
2: there's a lot of games to steal. Yeah, there's twelve games like... left
0: to play, so like there's a lot to be yeah. shaken out still in the standings. But it's also two weeks to go, so screw it, we're gonna do this segment anyway. Um, and I think we all, I think it's safe to say, like, it's not going to be any of the top five teams. It's probably not going to be Maryville either. Like, I'm looking Mm -hmm. at, like, AOE at 10 and 14, EGC slash Supernova both at 9 and 15, and Team Fish Taco at 8 and 16 as, like, our real contenders here. And, you know, branching off the subject of Evil Geniuses, I guess, to start off the discussion, like, I'm, I'm actually, at, I'm at the point where I am very concerned now that Evil Geniuses is going to be relegated. Um, because while, you know, technically they're in eighth and are just barely in the safe zone, like, as, as we've described, right, we've described a lot of their issues as, like, growing pains, as identity-related, right? Like, these are the kind of excuses we're throwing out when they get 2 would by AoE uh, and have such a rough week. Uh, they are gonna play Supernova and Taco on Saturday and Sunday, and like they've got to win those games if they don't because their back four are gonna be FlyQuest, Wildcard, Team Liquid, and Disguised. Yeah. yeah so they have got to get it together right freaking now, or they're whatever. gonna get relegated, man. Like they are, they're on a very short leash. They are gonna play all their their back their second round robin. <laughs> is very front-loaded with weak teams, right? Like, they've already played AOE, and they screwed that up. Uh, And then they're going to play Supernova and Taco, a right to kick off this next week. They have got to pull it together, man, like, right now, or this team is getting relegated.
2: Those two first matches that that EGC will have are the typical ones that in football would be called the trap matches, right? Because... Mm -hmm even though there's ties in football as well those are the ones that you don't consider a tie you consider them a loss because they just impact you so heavily in the in the standings and they take away from your f- future matchups like these are the technically easy matchups if you tie the easy matchups that's a loss in in, in the eyes of of the regular like, consensus and then you have the toughest opponents later you're not expected to win even one of them so it's a t- a tough road for egc I still don't understand them, but based on God and absolutely no analytical context at all, I don't know why I think EGC is going to be safe. I feel like they are going to survive by this. And they are going to stay in a place and not get eliminated.
1: I just I just can't believe they quite literally have to end their last four series playing four two one three.
0: playing the top four teams. <laughs> yeah. Four
1: two one three is the like literal
2: there's arguments to say that that can be good though like depending on how the matchups go right if if let's say there's nothing to play for in first second and third like let's say those three places are already stuck and they cannot get moved out of that spot oh yeah like they don't play for anything realistic or technically so you could argue that egc has to go against an opponent that doesn't want to show strats, technically, doesn't want to give their hardest, and doesn't need to win at all because it doesn't impact their standing. That could be a reality that we see from EGC as well.
0: In a vacuum, I'd agree with that. The only thing is that there's so much parity in the league, right? Like, everybody is within, like, one or two games of the next spot. So... I, I I think it's unlikely that those. Well, I mean, it's super unlikely that those scenarios present themselves with like six games left to play, uh, and it's yeah. it's like relatively unlikely that those scenarios even present themselves with like four games left to play or two games left to play. Um, so
1: it's gonna be tough. But week twelve, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that <laughs> scenario is possible only if they play TLC Monday week 6. I think that's the only way. That they, they do not. They play disguised yeah, Monday play week a... 6. Yeah, they do.
2: Because well, I mean, but TLC the team... also could be that... because they are yeah. it's this it's Sunday. So technically with just one match left or two matches left to go TLC yeah. could be secured for first place with four weeks. Potentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. They do play TLC Sunday.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Because oh yeah, because they're the only team that's like a boat, like kind of a boat race ahead. I mean, I yeah, guess not and wild even then, then they've like them.
0: they've kind they of teams. they've thrown away a lot of their leeway this week, yeah. right? Like I mean yeah. now they're they're within two games of wildcard now.
1: Yeah, they are. Uh, it's kind of crazy though to, to think that if if TLC wins their first game of this week, they are guaranteed to be five hundred. <laughs> Because, because they could they could they'd be 18 and seven with 11 yeah. games left. so <laughs> you guarantee an 18 and 18 spot that's that's crazy. yeah
0: they're very close yeah. to locking playoffs but they technically have not done it
2: yet. They could have done it already yeah, but they messed up. Yeah. But they are still doing a really good job.
0: they yeah. are. So I, I guess if I'm gonna say that I think EGC's at risk, I guess I should say who I think can bail themselves out. I, I think Team Fish Taco actually despite being the current last place team, I, I think they have, like, a solid shot of bailing themselves out here as well, right? Because they I get to, to play EG, AOE, and MU in their back six. They have all of those still left in their pockets, so they only have to play three top-half teams. And they have a strong history of taking granted of games off of top-half teams. So, like, if they can pull it together and, like, actually show up up against EG and AOE and MU, I, I think they can dig themselves out of here. I think they have actually a legitimate shot to stay in the league. Um and then push down EG. It would probably be EG and Supernova who end up pushed down.
2: Yeah.
1: I was just going to quickly do a 180 from how I felt about AOE at the beginning of the year, putting them ninth. Um They are very much still available to follow the re- rele- relegation, depending on they especially are. how some of those games Gordo just said. I feel pretty comfortable that AOE is still up here. Um, so I- I'll-, I'll make that claim now. I don't think they'll be in relegation. Uh, I... I- would assume i guess i'll go baseline and say that i think it will be supernova and team fish taco but i'm here for chaos so eg challengers being there would be be pretty crazy I, i'm just kind of victory lapping i think tds saw oh. me like fist pump i i, I victory lapped the fact that we're here and we're not putting Marvel in that conversation so um Stuck. yeah well Wait i mean for oh okay because... so maybe tds will throw him in there but uh gordo at least was like ah, well, maybe we'll Talking about maryville here and i was like yes so,
2: <laughs> here's the thing that i want to bring up with maryville we're talking about how egc has four matchups against the top four maryville also has four matchups against the top four yeah uh, or against yeah. they have yeah. dsg wildcard fly c and fear so not top four but four teams above them in the standings right now they do yeah. as the last in the last two weeks and i want and the more most important point i wanted to bring as well with the, the, the remaining matchups, it's ta- it's with Taco. They have three direct confrontations. So it's not only the fact that you can get yourself out if you win against them, you also put the other team down with yep. that victory. It is, uh, again, in football, this is what we call taking six points against the opponent. It's you get the three from the victory and take the three away from them. And if Taco are able to do it, I can see them getting out of it. And Maryville as well, like... Looking back at Maryville's week, it was two ties and then 0-2 against one of the worst teams uh, in the league in the AGC. I won't call it uh, a downfall just yet, but as someone that put them tenth and want to see uh, to be seen as right all along, I want them to lose this last week. <laughs> I, I, ho- I I'm going to be rooting against them just this tiny bit, but I think it's possible. Like there's no easy matchups here, and even AOE has been growing in the last few days so if they are going to fight uh, this last matchup against aoe i think that could be the turning point depending on how it goes if aoe wins 2-0 i think Maryville gets relegated i'll, I'll call it i'll call it right there if aoe gets to uh, 2-0's Maryville, Maryville gets relegated
1: I will respond to this slander in the most social media way ever. I challenge TDS to a boxing match for Maryville. That's, that's, how, that's how these kids do it on, on TikTok, right? They just box each other, or whatever. When they're I don't think together. it's. I, I don't
2: think that's a fair call. Uh, how, which weight class are you in? Because I'm like, I, I'm like, uh, no I think way. it's featherweight. Yeah, I'm like yeah, there's featherweight.
1: A, there's no way we're in the same weight class. No way, yeah. <laughs> it
2: <laughs> yeah, would be no. a massacre and i don't think it's yes. fair <laughs> I
1: don't know, you might be quicker than me i'm i'm like not fast quick even big uh <laughs> away from that tangent i want to point out you know talking about the the takeaway six points thing tds brought up the more i guess the more american sports term is control your own destiny is the one people throw around yeah around like american football and nba uh supernova has the least of that Uh, all their matches the only the only team they'll play that we're considering teams in the relegation zone is aoe and that's not until week six day two well they'll play
0: egc to start off this week
1: oh yeah which
0: i think is actually that's like the most control your own destiny matchup i think of, but definitely of it. the week i think that's like a huge one actually is like egc is gonna play supernova to kick off the week on on saturday that's and cool. it's like if you lose that match it's like i think you are destined for relegation i mean that would be my call is the loser I... of egc supernova is like you are you are just boned man if you if you get two owed if they split one. if they split then there's still a lot of, of open ground there but if one of them two o's the other the one getting too would you're done you're you're out of I, here I'm, you're I'm dead really... to me
2: I it's actually it's hilarious that AGC and Supernova also have such a similar calendar of heavyweight after heavyweight they if do. they after their first matchup. Like Supernova and AGC finish their one. Well, AGC has Taco, but Supernova has fear, then after that has TLC, then DSG, then AoE, which technically salvageable, but AoE could be fifth at that point if they win all their matches, and then they close it with Fly C. Hmm. What the hell is this calendar where Taco, EGC, and Maryville are all phasing against such tough competition to end their split? That's yeah. crazy. I,
1: I'm curious how which team is more aware of what Gordo pointed out. Because it's it's week, it's day one, week five. I'm not I'm not going to see her pretend like neither of them go into that matchup thinking, wow, this could mean a lot for regular, relegation. I think they both will know. But I'm curious which team shows more that they're, like, more, desperate isn't the right word, but, like, yeah more in the realm of what this series means and i'm really interested to see and i i would assume they will because the the challengers league broadcast team is very talented and they do a pretty good job of storylines i hope that they sell that um whichever Agreed. broadcast that ends up on i hope they open whoever it is and they're just like hey guys we want a little bit of relegation fun a couple days or a week early this might be the match so i'll be watching for that for sure
0: for sure All right, well, something to get excited about, something to watch for next season. That's about all our time, so... A fun episode lots to talk about uh looking forward to coming back next season or next season next uh, nice week, week <laughs> next week next season whatever whatever we're back again uh we'll probably be able to have a way more in-depth version of this conversation next week uh because then there will be yeah. only six games left to play and we'll know how this egc supernova match went so we'll be uh we'll be super excited to take a look at as as we start to look at how the playoff picture is looking to develop and how the relegation picture is looking to develop um so we'll see you all there. But until then, uh, thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.